Justin, we're back for another episode of the Total BS Podcast. We need to keep this thing a little bit more consistent, don't you think? Like that it, title belt, apparently? Or Yes. So I was... This pandemic slash week off from Arizona Daily Star duties has allowed me to clean out my house. And I found my old WWE title belt in my closet. I'm like, you know what? I got to bring this on the podcast. But yes, you're right, Saul. We need to be more consistent with these podcasts. Uh, it, it's starting to look like we finally have a date that we can record these. We're going to get them in weekend mornings, release it to you guys. We're going to have incredible guests. We have one lined up today. CJ Holmes from The Athletic. He actually covers college basketball. And since it is March, we're going to talk a little bit of college hoops with our guy, CJ Holmes. I'm excited. All right, here comes the champ. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. For real. There we go. And, you know, uh, first of all, it, it, it's great to be back. Uh, I, I took a little, I took a little heat uh, this week uh, when I was on Jabari Davis's uh, Dunks and Discourse podcast, where I was told to to, to rank Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, and uh, then uh, Spider Mitchell. I ranked them as follows, mainly because, well, I, I'll I'll tell you the ranking and then I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. Well, number one was Jamal Murray, number two, Devin Booker, number three, Spider Mitchell. And the reason why I didn't put Booker above um, uh, Jamal Murray was just simply because I haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. I want to see him do it in the playoffs. And that's where legends are made, are, is in the playoffs. Jamal Murray had one of the best playoff performances uh, of a guard in recent memory. He almost averaged like 40 points a game against the, the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Like, what more do you need from this dude? Yeah, I think your rankings are actually pretty spot on, but I'm curious to understand or to figure out why you placed Donovan Mitchell at number three, and was it close between him and Devin Booker at two and three? Uh, I don't feel like it's close, and the reason why is because interesting uh, because I I don't Spider just didn't have anything memorable for me in the playoffs, and he's had multiple opportunities. I know last year he had he had a pretty good playoff himself last year as well, but I just I just he just doesn't do it for me. And Devin Booker, I just I just have this feeling that when Devin Booker gets into the playoffs, he's going to show out. And then the, my ranking is going to be Devin Booker number one, and then Jamal Murray number two, and and Spider number three. I just that's what I feel. Now, yeah. if we're just going straight off of stats and regular season performances and stuff like that, then, yeah, Devin Booker's number one. He, he, I think he's better than Spider Mitchell, and I think he's definitely better than Jamal Murray. But when we're talking about everything, the whole picture, the playoffs are always going to carry more weight than the regular season. I need to see my man in the playoffs, and I, we're going to see that this year because the Suns are the number two uh, uh, two team in the, in the NBA right now behind only Spida's uh, Utah Jazz, which is crazy to think. Yeah, and that's why I really have a hard time trying to figure out this list, and I, I feel like there isn't really a right or wrong answer when you can rank these guys. It's just really just oh, all there, about... There is this, this, to Suns fans, that's for sure. <laughs> the <laughs> and, hate and, I have been getting is... Oof. But see, you're a real one, Saul, and this is why I appreciate guys like you, because you are very just down the edge like you you make sure that everything is in is in in order i'm not going to pander you, to anybody exactly exactly you, you you're you're a suns guy right you follow the suns your entire mm -hmm. life you even cover the suns as well 
I mean, you're a part of the Sun Solar Panel podcast. You do a great job with that. So, of course, you're going to keep it real. And for you to put Devin Booker at number two and Jamal Murray over him, I think is very real on your end. But going back to this ranking here, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, that head-to-head matchup in the playoffs in the bubble was insane. It and, was insane. And, and, and maybe if the Utah Jazz came out of that series, maybe your list is a little bit different. But, I mean, these are three guards that are very important to the NBA, and they have such a bright future. But, yeah, I need to see Devin Booker in the playoff. And, fortunately, I think we're going to be able to see that because he has a guy like Chris Paul, who, by the way, I've heard some people mention him in the MVP conversation. Is that a, is that a reach? Considering uh, I, the Suns were not in the playoffs and now they're the number two seed yeah, because I think- of the addition of Chris Paul? I think it's a reach, you know, uh, and, and simply because of the fact that, I mean, yeah, they're good. The team is good. They're all performing well. But at the end of the day, you still got to have crazy numbers. And you just, you're not going to be able to compete with guys like um, Joel Embiid right now, Giannis. Like those numbers are astronomical, you know. So with team success, team success with individual success is what, what really gets you the MVP. Now, Chris Paul scoring more than Steve Nash did in his uh, in his MVP years. However, Steve Nash made that team go, and he was a trendsetter for the league. And ever since the seven seconds or less Suns, the league hasn't been the same. You yeah. know, Golden State has taken on that 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 kind of identity, um, and it's just kind of bled down uh, the line. And so it, it's pretty remarkable but, to see what Steve Nash did back in those days. But see, Saul, I think your list – you go. You made it about postseason, and isn't that what it all boils down to? For when we talk about the greatest of all time, that was the differentiator, right? Like I think I know Devin Booker has the edge over Jamal Murray, um, you know, in the regular season. However, the same argument could be made, right? We're, okay, if we're going to talk team success, okay, well then you got to account for the regular season too. And even though Jamal Murray's averaging eighteen points a game and Devin Booker's averaging twenty four. Jamal Murray's teams are in the top three of the West every single year. Yeah. Whereas Devin Booker's teams have not even made the playoffs or even been close until last year. Um, and the bubble is really what set them apart and was like, oh, okay, this team is for real. And then they get Chris Paul, which took it to a whole nother level, what we see right now. So I just feel like there was a, there's a lot more uh, in question with Devin Booker as opposed to Jamal Murray, because Jamal Murray's been in those big moments. He's been in those high-pressure games. I want to see that same kind of thing from Devin Booker, which I feel like I'm going to see here soon. Yeah. So does this year's playoff, will it affect your list at all? Like, Let's just say the Utah Jazz end up going to the Western Conference Finals because they're the number one ranked team in in the Western Conference right now. Let's say they play the Lakers or the Clippers and they take either of those teams down to six or seven games. And Donovan Mitchell is getting about 25, 26 points in each one of those games. Does Does your list change then? I mean, it's hard to tell. You know, like if you're getting 20 points in the first half and six in the second, then probably not. Because because that's why Jamal Murray's number one on your list. Yeah, because, I mean, Jamal Murray was hitting buckets. I mean, hitting crazy, insane buckets last year. You know what I mean? Like, and had it not been for AD, you know, that series might have been a little bit different as well. You know, we could very well be talking about the Denver Nuggets as the NBA champions had things just fallen a little bit, you know, in their favor 
down the stretch against the Lakers, but that's why the Lakers are the Lakers right now, right? Uh, so so there's a little bit of difference. Whereas with Spider, you know, like again, in your scenario, like it just depends on how it all unfolds. You know, like how, how does he get his 26? Does he get most of it in the fourth quarter? Does he come up with huge buckets? Is he not backing down to LeBron? Is he not backing down to whoever else he's playing, Kawhi or whatever? You know, like everything is is a fluid situation. And so this list is absolutely up for debate, and it has been debated. Um, I've been getting a lot of flack from Suns fans uh, so far, but it's all in fun. But I, I want to see your boy Devin Booker thrive in the postseason because I think when he finally gets his postseason moment, that's when the NBA world is going to finally give this man the flowers he deserves. Wholeheartedly and it, agree. And it, it is so insane to see the amount of disrespect that this guy gets. And yeah. I get it. You know, people want to discredit the 70 points because – it was against the Knicks, and they no. Didn't it was even, against the Celtics. Or the, in the, the Celtics in, in uh, TD Garden, and they didn't even win that game. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Well, you scored seventy, but what was the outcome? You still lost. Why are we celebrating seventy points? It's still a pretty remarkable achievement, yeah. even in today's NBA." Uh, and then the bubble performances, the clutchness that Devin Booker displayed, and then for him to get snubbed in this year's All Star um, game because. For for Lord knows what, and I get it. The the West is stacked, but man, Devin Booker was was easily snubbed. And I think when he finally gets in the postseason, it shows what he can do and where he belongs in the NBA. I think that's when he's going to finally get his credit. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, I I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, it'll be fun to watch, uh, and, and then just kind of reset. You know, I'm Saul Bookman. This is Justin Spears. If you haven't been to our our podcast, we're ten minutes in, and we forgot to plug it. That's just how we roll. Um, <laughs> but uh, this they is Saul BS. This is Saul BS podcast. We like to speak about anything really, and that's why we've kind of started off this because uh, it's fresh on the mind. But we have a, a big show today. CJ Holmes from the Athletic is going to join us here soon. Uh, which we're very excited about. But until he gets here, oh, Myers Leonard did not have a good week. And, uh, Man. you know, I, I think the the proper way to start off is I'll let you actually start off, Justin, in, in your thoughts on how he uh, approached himself, conducted himself, and the, the subsequent um, uh, social media feedback that he received as well. It's not good. It is not good. You know, Myers Leonard, for those that are somewhat unaware, I don't know if you haven't heard the news, chances are you probably did, um, said an anti-Semitic slur over a video game stream when he was playing Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, Somebody sniped him, killed him. I don't know what happened, but his character died. And he said, expletive, anti-Semitic slur, expletive. And when you hear the way that he said it, I mean, he really put some emphasis on it. And then when he gets called out for it, and when you're exposed, as the kids say in, in uh, was it 4D or whatever it is, or 4K, mm-hmm. exposed in 4K, Twitter's going to jump on you. And social media went after him, and rightfully so, because that is just uncalled for. And especially... The year that we just had where hate has been on all of our minds and how trying to overcome the hate that exists in this world. Yeah. And 
it's just so disappointing, man. It really is. And, you know, Miles Myers Leonard came out with an apology and said that he didn't know what the word meant. That makes me shake my head and call bullshit because you're 29 years old and you really don't know what that word means. I knew what that word meant from the time I was 12, 13 years old. You're yeah. 29 years old. And the way that he said it on that video game stream. It wasn't like the first time he said it. it, it, it he was very comfortable. And if you look at examples uh, of video game moments, the one I can think of is the, the NASCAR driver. God, I'm blanking on his name. And he said a slur that was caught on the stream. Mm -hmm. And he was in trouble. and he Or he got in trouble, and rightfully so. It's you're you're watching these guys in their comfortable moments. And if the way he said it, like you said, he's in his house, he's playing video games, and he said it with so much comfort and makes you wonder, okay, well, what is he saying when he's playing video games when he's not on a stream? What is he saying when he's just walking around the house when he's hanging out with his buddies? And that is a, a problem right now. And I think Myers Leonard, he was fined $50,000 for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they come up with these numbers because Kobe was fined $100,000 for um, a homophobic slur. So I don't know how these numbers come about. But, yeah, not, not a good week for Myers Leonard at all. No, I mean, again, in this, in this culture, in this climate right now as we speak, you know, there's a lot of hate going on. And people are getting, you know, they're getting dragged for the hate that they share. Uh, you take the announcers for the NF NFHS stream – uh, I, I forgot where it was, maybe uh, Alabama, maybe, or I think it was Illinois, actually. Illinois. Yeah. And, um, and these announcers are sitting there and, uh, because the team takes a knee during the national anthem, um, they're the, the, the one guy was straight up just calling them the N word and hope that they lose. And just, and then my man comes back and says, Oh, well, you know, uh, I, I'm a type one diabetic and that's why, um, and he blames it on that. And I'm like, dog, first of all, number one. Uh, my son is a type one diabetic, uh, Kellen, and uh, let him say some stupid shit like that. And I'll slap him back to before he was born. I promise you that. You know what I mean? Like that just is not an acceptable excuse. You should have control over your thoughts and your emotions at all point in times. And, uh, you know, that that's just such poor form. Why was uh, that even so in included? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a BS response. It's a BS response. And people, when they get caught, they try to make excuses instead of just owning up to their racism and saying, yeah, I said that. That's how I felt. And that's what I believe. And OK, well, then move on, because clearly at no point in time in your life did you ever feel like you should maybe gain a different perspective or at least listen to a different perspective when it comes to people of the opposite color. No, you decided, no, I'm going to stay with this ignorant stance and I'm going to ride it out. And that's the same thing Myers Leonard did. Uh, basically, is that he didn't take the time to figure out the words that he was using were wrong and why they were wrong and why they're so defam uh, deflam uh, defamatory uh, or inflammatory, I should say. And uh, that's on him. That's yeah. in, that. That's his lack of of really compassion for people that don't share the same belief system as him. Justin, you and I. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different, you know, uh, different areas and, and we were raised differently and whatever. Um, you know, one of your beloved places that, that your dad loved was Huntington Beach. 
I went to Huntington Beach. I loved Huntington Beach. I loved the the Huntington Beach until wow. like recently how many people that live in that area were just so uh, I I'm going to say Bitter. opposite opposite of what what I believe in yeah. um and uh and that's just where I'm going to leave it. Um but at the same time like is that going to stop me from going to Huntington Beach? No, it's not. And the reason why is, is because even ignorance, I I like to see where that ignorance is coming from because the only way you combat ignorance is by educating, you know, and if I have the opportunity to sit down, which I have multiple times in the last year to sit down and talk to somebody who shares a different uh, a view of the world than I do, I think we both can learn from each other and hopefully we can find a common ground to where we can you know, tolerate each other and, and, and be compassionate towards another one's views as opposed to just being, um, you know, completely ignorant all the time. Well, and that's exactly what uh, Julian Edelman did, uh, New England Patriots Absolutely. wide receiver. Um, he put out a letter to Myers Leonard on Twitter and said, quote, so we've never met. I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely, you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends. I'll show you a fun time, J.E., which I thought is is great. I mean, this was a a Jewish man who heard Myers Leonard comment that was an anti-Semitic slur and said, you know what, rather than dumping gasoline onto the fire, let me educate you and show you why this word is hateful to us, and we can show you a good time and break bread together. I think that right there is why Julian Edelman is such a great man. He also did the same thing with Deshaun Jackson, who did a similar thing, same thing. Um, spewing that kind of same hatred towards uh, Jewish people. And um, and now, you know, and, and they talk frequently, and, and according to Edelman, uh, they're, they're friends. So, you know, it, we could all learn and we can all grow. Um, but, hey, let's move along to something that we all have missed for far too long, the NCAA tournament coming up. And we actually have our special guest today joining us from The Athletic, the one, the only, Mr. C.J. Holmes with the hoodie. What up, Goody? Hoodie C.J. My guys, what's going on, man? (laughs) What's up, man? How's the East Coast treating you? It's cool, man. Uh, Finally warming up a little bit. Been coming out of my apartment looking at snow every morning for the last two months, it feels like. (laughs) But it's been around like, you know, 50 to 60 degrees, which I know ain't much, you know, to you West Coast uh, folks. (laughs) Not today. Not today. I I looked outside and there's there's snow outside. It's cold out here right now. That's for sure. warming. I got yeah. I got to warm up before I hit uh, before I tee off on number one today. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> new you guys. I'm just looking at your faces. I mean, what's Yo, going on? you know, same old, same old. You know, we're 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 relaunching this podcast. We're now episode two of season two. So uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, you know spitting some some knowledge on on college hoops, especially uh, some teams that we don't even follow that might sneak into the tournament um, on your end. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a, I'm thankful to be back on, man. Uh, let's get into it. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. So March Madness is coming up. Obviously, uh, you're covering a lot of things in the Philadelphia area. Uh, first of all, let's just start there. What's that scene been like? I know you're covering more than just one team, Villanova being the dominant team, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you you got LaSalle and, and Temple and other other schools that you're covering as well. How, how has it been that transition? And and what do we not know about these teams that maybe we should? Uh, it's, it's been a good transition, man. Uh, the biggest thing I realized immediately when I moved here to Philadelphia is just how passionate, you know, the college basketball community is here. Um, you know, in terms of the season itself, though, it's pretty much been uh, Villanova and everyone else, even though Drexel uh, won the CAA tournament this week. So they just punched their ticket uh, to an NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, the other schools, uh, it, it's been a little bit of a struggle, man. Uh, Penn didn't even play this year. They shut it all down because of COVID. Um LaSalle, uh, they didn't even let media in all year. Uh, and they had some big uh, upset wins in the A-10 this year, but, you know, just not enough to you know, punch their tickets uh, for March Madness. Temple, again, another school that had their moments that just isn't there yet. And Villanova, um, you know, they're looking like a powerhouse right up until the month of December, you know, despite a long COVID pause. They're looking like a powerhouse, but, you know, they had a really rough month of December where a lot of teams, you know, started exposing them a little bit. They ended up – you know, finishing, you know, the regular season in the Big East tournament as losers of, you know, five of their last 10 games. Uh, they lost senior point guard Colin Gillespie, mm-hmm. um, you know, sophomore Justin Moore, uh, who runs the two for Nova. You know, he's banged up a little bit, even though he's expected to be, you know, close to 100% by the time the tournament starts next week. But, uh, you know, ultimately, that this just isn't a Villanova team that's playing its best basketball right now in March. And, and it's crazy to think that, you know, entering the season – there were really three teams that were considered untouchable in college basketball, right? It was Gonzaga, Baylor, and Villanova. And, you know, like I just said, March is the time where you're supposed to be playing your best ball, you know, with this slew of injuries and, you know, the way they've been – the inconsistent ways they've been playing lately. It's just, you know, there's just not a lot of confidence in this group, you know, with the tournament right around the corner. Absolutely. So Philadelphia, home of the Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Have you had a chance to dabble in Philly since you've been out there? Oh, absolutely. I live uh, right around the corner from a spot called Delisandro's, which is, in my opinion, the best cheesesteak you can get in Philly. You oh, know? And again, it might be uh, proximity bias, right? Okay. But, uh, they got some good stuff over there for sure. Have you been to Frank's yet? I have not. Ooh. I've been to Delisandro's and I've been to Ishka Bibbles. Okay. Okay. So when you when you order your cheesesteak, is it whiz wit or oh, whiz no. without? Uh, whiz without, like I'm not, I'm not messing, I'm not messing with that cheese whiz, man. I mean, Come on now, that's the only way to get it, baby. Hey, the only, the only place I've ever seen cheese whiz actually used on food is the Goofy movie. All right, and I, ain't, I look like a Goofy to any of y'all. I ain't doing it. Like, give me the real stuff. I love it. I love it. Uh, so you're you're talking about Villanova and that that injury uh, with Colin Gillespie, that MCL injury, man. That's a tough blow for them but is there any chance that you could see Villanova possibly pulling some things together maybe making a run because Jay Wright very great coach and if there's any man that can coach a team it's him I mean the system at Villanova is foolproof you know year after year I mean it's it's funny uh you know no they don't even celebrate Big East championship regular season championships anymore because they're like you know they're so used to it it's just like it's normal to them it's like uh, just like another day in the office but you, you know, they just lost so much in Colin Gillespie. I mean, if you look at the dude's stat line, it's nothing really super spectacular. I think he was averaging somewhere between like, you know, 
14 to 16 points per game with like, you know, three or four assists, uh, maybe a steal, like three to four rebounds. But from a leadership standpoint, I mean, Jay Wright, you know, after the injury, Jay Wright was talking about calling after the game. And, you know, he was just like, you know, this guy's the heart and soul of our team. I mean, he's the engine that makes us go work ethic. He's our leader off the court. He's our leader in the classroom. He's our leader. And to lose that kind of leadership at the most crucial time of year, it's just it's just such a brutal blow. And you really feel for Gillespie because, you know, last year the kid didn't even get to play in the NCAA tournament, you know, because of COVID. You know, with that being said, you know, yeah, Villanova still does have enough pieces, you know, to be competitive. They got Justin Moore, who, like I said, should be, you know, closer to full health by the time Thursday runs around. They got Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who just won Big East Player of the Year. Well, three-way split for Big East Player of the Year with uh, <laughs> Gillespie and Mamu over at Seton Hall. Um, but still, you know, losing Gillespie just from, like, for example, you, you take a look at the end of the Georgetown game uh, last week. Villanova had a 11-point lead of about eight minutes to play. And, you know, that's the time where Georgetown's like, all right, we need to speed these guys up. Like, we need to turn it up. And, you know, uh, they have Chris Archie Diacono out there right now, the little brother Ryan Arch. And yeah. this kid hasn't been playing all season long. Um, and, you know, when he has played, it's just been like garbage time. With that being said, I think he's done a fantastic job stepping in and kind of running the show, all things considered. But you're not going to get the scoring out of him you get from Gillespie. And more, most importantly, you're not going to get the game management um, in the clutch, which is where Villanova faltered uh, against Georgetown, you know, leading to the early exit from the Big East tournament. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, well, essentially just what I'm saying is, you know, they have a full week of practice to kind of figure things out from a personnel standpoint. Um, they have enough for, you know, different guys to step up. But the thing is just this team is sputtering, man. They're sputtering down the stretch. And I just I cannot see them putting together a deep run, you know, barring something miraculous. The Blue Bloods. They've all fallen off. Duke is gone. Kentucky ain't making it. Like Sheesh. it has been bad this year. Arizona's self-imposed ban and all this other Guys, stuff. Like, think about this. Think about this. The last time Duke missed the NCAA tournament, Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. What 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 has been your take on on all of this? And it, okay, let me just kind of rewind. You know, for all my ASU peeps out there, uh, <laughs> I told you so. Number one, because freshmen don't <laughs> freshmen don't necessarily make you know national championship contenders. And there was a lot of talk about Sweet Sixteen and Final Four. And these dudes ain't even going to make the tournament. Like, like that's just what it is. And I think a lot of these blue blood programs have survived off of high level division one top freshmen and now they're kind of you know they're kind of reaping what they sow right i mean yeah in a way i just think that you know this is such a strange year in college basketball and if you look at some of these blue bloods like specifically like you know a team like kentucky right um like you said they have all these you know freshmen on the team this year as they usually do um one thing that's kind of stands out to me is, you know, in terms of Kentucky's freshman class this year, it doesn't necessarily have the, it's not, it's not the same caliber class compared to, you know, teams and Calipari's past. But the biggest thing is, you know, with the abbreviated off season and the COVID pauses, you know, teams who have these young guys haven't really been able to mesh correctly or, you know, learn how to play together. They just didn't have all the, a lot of time. A lot of these dudes are just kind of, 
thrown to the fire, and it's it, it's really showing, especially, like I said, with a team like Kentucky, you know, especially when you don't have the talent to kind of mask those deficiencies. Yeah, we got Gonzaga and Baylor. Baylor going down yesterday in, their, in the Big 12 tournament uh, to Oklahoma State. Um, would you take them or the field in this year's tournament? I'm still going with Baylor. Uh, I've been riding on Baylor, you know, so hard this year, especially because I'm just so impressed with their guard play. And, you know, when, when it comes to NCAA tournament, um, I think strong guard play, you know, makes a difference. And those yeah, guys- but, Kate, but Kate Cunningham, man, put it to him yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that's nice and all. Is Oklahoma State even playing <laughs> in the postseason? Are they still waiting nice. for an appeal? <laughs> but like uh Kate Cunningham, I mean he he, he did see, go Ar- off. see Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> see, see Auburn. Yeah. yeah uh, right? We were making yeah. it anyway. We're garbage this year. But, uh, <laughs> but um I don't know, man. I'm still taking Baylor. They're my national championship favorites and you know, I mean, so what? They lost to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, what does it, what does it really matter, right? Um, no, no, I didn't know this, but yesterday they said no Texas team has ever won the Big 12 tournament. What? Really? Yep, yep. No Texas team has won the Big 12 tournament. Not Texas, not Baylor, not Texas Tech, not TCU, nothing. That's crazy. Hmm. Wow. There you go. A little nugget of information for you guys. That's crazy. Um, but CJ, give us your final four predictions because I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear your take. I, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and I'm still trying to think of, of one other team, but I'm curious to hear the four that you have. You know, I was on a radio show the other day, and I was slandering Gonzaga for about, you know, a good seven to ten minutes. And I'm going to slander them here again. <laughs> oh! I'm going to slander them yeah, here again. Yeah. They as talented as that team is, fraudulent. They do not play anyone. <laughs> they don't play anyone. They don't and, have to. And like that might help you skate through the regular season. You'll skate through your, you know, your your conference title or conference championship, whatever that's worth. But they haven't played like a real like quad one team since like November. In their MTE, and I think that come March, that's going to make a difference because you know in the NCAA tournament they're going to face some of the best competition they've seen all year. With that said, with that said, I have Ohio State. If according, I'm going with Joe Lenardi's current like bracket, you know, predictions on ESPN.com. I have Ohio State coming out of Region One. Um, give me Illinois. Michigan and Baylor. So I got three Big Ten teams in the final four, which is fitting. You know, like I said, based on Joe Lowry's current bracket projections, I have three Big Ten teams in the final four, which is fitting because, in my opinion, they've been the best conference in college basketball all year long. CJ's had a chance to watch all of these teams from his one year (laughs) at Arizona. Because then you get it, you you were in attendance for Arizona, Illinois, and that was, that's the craziest thing. Like heading into this year, like everyone's like, "Oh, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois." And I'm like, "Is this the same Illinois team that Nico Manny and Josh Green and Zeke Naji took apart by like 30 and like Michelle? Yeah. I was like, is this, is this the same team?" <laughs> but you know, right. that just goes to show you. That just goes to show you like how much of a difference like one year of like experience and maturity could make. Which makes me think, man, what if Nico, Josh, and Zeke came back? Would Arizona have been like? The number, like a top three team this year, if all three of those guys came back? Would they even put themselves on suspension this year if, if that happens? Probably not. 
I mean, that's that's kind of my feeling, like too, is like. You know, I, that's why Auburn should have just done that and got it over with. Like, oh, we ain't making the tournament this year. Uh, yeah, self-imposed ban. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's been tricky. It's been tricky. So, uh, but you know, as we move forward, you got the NCAA tournament. What What are you going to be doing for the NCAA tournament? Are you going to Indiana? Are you going to be covering any of these teams? Uh, I, obviously, I assume you're going to be covering Villanova to a degree. But will you be there in person? Nah, nah, I'll be here, man. I'll be uh, sitting on that couch right over there uh, with Good. my laptop out with Stat Broadcast. Uh, Good. Watching it like everyone else. Uh, I think we're only sending uh, a couple national writers to Indy at the Athletic. Good. Got gotcha. you. I mean, I, have you ever been to a game at uh, the Fieldhouse? Which Fieldhouse? Uh, the but- Butler Fieldhouse. Or, uh, yeah, Butler. I have not. Oh. That's a that's a bucket list, man. So if you if you get the opportunity here in the future, because I know Villanova um, and Butler play each other, uh, you know that that's that's a must go. So hopefully next year during the non pandemic, hopefully. Uh, I said we, we said this last happen. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like you guys believe like over it's just been over a year now, man. It's been crazy. It's been. I, I mean, it, we all discussed this, and we're, we were going to get to this later on. But since you're here and you covered U of A and you were there at the Pac-12 tournament last year, all three of us were. I was there as a fan. I showed up midway through U of A's uh, first round game against Washington, watched them win, and then Corey Williams and I went across the street to get some Popeyes, and that's when uh, the the Gobert inf- uh, news dropped. And as soon as that happened, he and I looked at each other, and I was like curtains that's it there's just no way they're going to keep going there's just no way and man it hasn't been the same since i mean it's crazy because like you know i think i I think i said oh either with or near justin for that game against washington and right next to me yep and then um and dana altman (laughs) it's crazy i remember i remember we were talking yeah and dana altman i was like (laughs) man i packed it back for a week because you know we're like oh arizona's gonna get hot they're gonna they're finally gonna do the thing live up the expectations this year and I packed a bag for a week and I was only in Vegas for maybe like 18 hours. Like, yeah, total. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I booked a flight the next morning, like just to leave. Cause I was like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. actually I got a video of Justin and I, this is the last time I've been in a restaurant where there was no masks. It's pretty crazy uh, to see like everybody with no masks on, just kind of doing their thing. Like what was the, the in- last- where, where's the invite guys? Like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, just to throw this out there, um, I, I I am familiar with Philly cheesesteaks too. By the way, so you know this is me at Frank's uh, <laughs> back in the day, two thousand eight. Circa back in the day. There you go. So you know, I've, I have a little Philly experience myself. Um, but yeah, but yeah crazy pandemic. the pandemic, man. Yeah, a matter of fact, as we sit here and we talked about it, this is are the are the tickets that I had. For that day for the Pac-12 tournament, uh, 2011, uh, never got to use them. I sat right behind the basketball hoop. I was like, oh, these are great seats. Got to watch one game. Cool. It was just so weird how everything unraveled because it was on everybody's radar because Mm -hmm. you guys know about traveling at that time. People were aware. I mean, about every fourth or fifth person on my flight to Vegas was wearing a mask. And they were wiping down the seats, making sure everything was sanitized. Even um, the guy on the plane was saying, the past four flights, everyone has wiped down these seats. Believe me, these seats have never been cleaner. And they were emphasizing how clean the plane is. And 
and then when you get to Las Vegas, everything is still kind of the same, but then the MGM buffet is closed. And no. you're like, okay, well, that's a concerning sign. And then you get to the tournament, there's hand sanitizer stations everywhere. And it was just this weird, bizarre feeling. And then after the Arizona game, that's when the NCAA tournament came out and said, no fans will be allowed. That's when the Pac-12 tournament came out and then said, no fans will be allowed. Yeah. And it was just this very eerie and strange feeling around the whole arena. And then Rudy Gobert happened. And that just seemed like the start of it all. And that, was the, that was the official like start of the pandemic in the United States. I think my man, I think my man Justin, my, my man Justin's kind of cheap, so he was staying at the Excalibur, right? So I was gonna, I was, <laughs> Why do you I was, expose gonna, me, I was gonna, I was gonna kick it in his room, and then I was like, oh man, and so I went on to Expedia. I was like, well, let me see if I can get a room at like Caesars and how much that would be, right? Because I can never afford a room at, at Caesars like on my own, like right. I got a room for fifty bucks. And it was like overlooking the strip, and I—that's when I knew, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> this ain't right. You stayed at little. You stayed. Well, I said Little Caesars. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, my room smelled like baby powder and weed. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a fun last group that was in there. Yeah. <laughs> but man, one year, one year of this pandemic, man, it's just—it is so crazy and. To think how far we've come, like th to think about the start of the pandemic when people were buying out all the toilet paper, all the hand sanitizer. You turn on ESPN, the, Trey Young is recording himself playing horse on his iPhone. It's super shitty quality, and I'm like, man, this is live sports. I'm watching Trey Young play horse with people across the country. This is where we're at right now, and then navigating through sports is. It's been so bizarre, man, but I'm just glad that things are somewhat getting back to normal, hopefully. Do you guys think things will be normal this time next year? Uh, I think they'll be more normal. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think things are ever going to completely go back to normal, uh, you know, until everybody gets the vaccine for the for the most part. That's just my in my head. Uh, but I mean, this is just this has been something that we've never, ever seen in our lifetime. Uh, but but. Uh, you know, if you talk to experts, you know, you see, you read the news and stuff like that. It's something that people were expecting to happen at some point because, you know, we listen, it's human nature. We take things for granted. We get sloppy. And then all of a sudden we get slapped and we're like, oh, you know what I mean? And some of us deal well with that adversity and some of us do not. Um, so, you know, hey, you just continue to wear a mask. I think mask mask wearing is going to be similar like it is over in Asia, where um, I think there's going to be people that just will never trust that things are always going to be sanitary and clean uh, again, and people will ma wear masks everywhere, and some people just won't. And um, but I think they'll be more normal. I think we'll be back to like ninety percent normal next year, hopefully. And fans in the stands and different events and holy, you you know, you made a a cross country transition from going from Tucson to Philly during the middle of this pandemic. Uh, what was that like? Uh <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Absolute hell. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad, but um, you know, just just in terms of you know moving to another. I mean, I moved four times in the last five years. You know, and just moving to another city, and you know, you know, I'm got getting here, and things are still like pretty shut down for the most part and it's you know hard to meet people and you know do your job the right way so i mean it's been difficult but 
like you said, you know, the, the vaccines are making its rounds. Things are slowly kind of, you know, pointing towards normalcy again. And, you know, I'm just trying to stay down, do, do good work and keep my sanity, man. That's all, that's all I can do. I feel you. That's all we can do. So, but CJ, we appreciate you joining us on, on the show today. Thanks for your knowledge. Uh, and uh, as always, keep in touch. You, you, you can tell the people where they can find you, man. Well, we call it knowledge, though. We call it knowledge or just, you know, just. Uh, I mean, I think every I time you could. I think every I think every time you come on to this show, you provide a nugget of information that I did not know from before. So, yes, I will say knowledge. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. But uh, everybody, uh, everybody uh, watching today, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CJ Holmes 22. There you go. CJ cool. Holmes 22. Well, tell them what the 22 is for. Come on now. You got the highlights out there. It's my college number, man. Deuces, go. man. Deuce, deuce. <laughs> Former <laughs> Auburn Tiger, Mr. <laughs> CJ Holmes with the Athletics. CJ, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, CJ Holmes uh, coming in. It's always good to have CJ on, man. He's always he's always good to kick it with. And uh, it'll be nice, hopefully, at some point in time down the road where we all can do it together and, um, you know, BS again and – you know that that that's that's the one thing that I missed the most was the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, you know, being able to go sit courtside, um, watching at all the games, cover all the games, and, and then you know I, I've always lived by the mantra: work hard, play hard. And, you know, and so we would work harder than, you know, you know, Justin, you and I have, have visited, frequented Dre's a couple times, and uh, we've we've had some good times. Yeah, that was the only time. I think that was actually the last time I got drunk. Wow. Yeah. Was wow. Was at Dre's in, in Las Vegas. Whew. And I just and I just remember <laughs> going until like six thirty in the morning, seven AM. Yeah. Like yeah. seeing seeing the sunrise and not just like when it's like barely, you know, creeping over, like it's morning. Yeah. That that's when it hit me like oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I need yeah, get, yeah. I, but that's the way you I do. Need, they, I need to get my life together. <laughs> that's that. Hey, that's the way you do Vegas, though, right, baby? Like that's the, you can't go to Vegas and not do that. You know what I mean? Like if you do, then you're just selling yourself short. So yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's gonna be fantastic uh, to see all this come back. And um, is it was weird to not see Arizona in the tournament this year. Um, it, was. it was. It was very odd. Uh, but you know, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there because. Sean Miller and that whole situation is, oh, you know how that goes. It's crazy. So, it's crazy. It is crazy. But the last thing we'll get to uh, since it does begin this week is NFL free agency. Man, quarterbacks a lot are getting of st- paid. Yo, quarterbacks are getting paid. Dax signing a big deal. Brady extends for another year. Uh, so he's set through 2022. Uh, Big Ben signs a, a one-year, $14 million deal. Uh, but it also gives them the flexibility uh, cap-wise to do more things, the Steelers. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a lot of things. You know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs released both their offensive tackles, both of the tackles that were not able to play in the Super Bowl because they were injured. Yep. And, and so it's it's – you know, I keep hearing this is going to be a free agency period unlike ever seen before because the 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 cap is so low. It's one eighty two point five right now, um, where the projection was going to be at like two hundred five, at least the way it was projected a couple of years ago before COVID hit. So, a lot of things are out there to play. Let's start with Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, you know, he's yeah. a free agent. People are talking about the Jets. People are talking about the Cardinals. What's your take on him? 
I really love Juju Smith-Schuster. I know he got a lot of heat last year because he was doing his TikTok dances and a lot of people didn't really view it as professional. I say, to hell with you guys. Let Juju dance. I mean, these guys are expressing how they feel and who they are as people, and this is just the kind of person that Juju Smith-Schuster is. But I think Juju... On a, a on the right team, he is such a solid number two or number three option, and that's why I think putting him along with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, with a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, and that offense, adding that to the mix, it's going to make the Cardinals' offense that more that much more uh, electric. And and you also add JJ Watt to that defense, getting a guy like Juju. I mean, it would make the Cardinals instant title contenders. And I mean, the NFC West is already good. And I mean, depending on where Russell Wilson goes, yeah. I mean, you can, you, I mean, yeah. there's a certain pecking order in, in, in the standings that can go either or. But I think adding a guy like Juju could really put the Cardinals over the top in that division. So I, I, I really would like to see him go to the Cardinals. But if he were to go to the Jets, I mean, you're talking about putting him back with his old college teammate and Sam Darnold. That's assuming they keep Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I look at the Jets and the Cardinals as two teams that could really uh, make a push for Juju. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that for sure. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of moving around. You know, Matt Stafford already went to the Rams and stuff like that. Uh, uh, and then don't forget Cam Newton signing a one-year $14 million deal again um, with the Patriots, which, man, I can't believe he got 14 mil, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, considering the year that he had, which wasn't very good. Uh, but, you know, another year in the system, maybe that's going to help him. Who knows? Uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. Who would have thought – that you know everybody was kind of on the Tua train for a little bit last year then they kind of fell off then they had Ryan Fitzpatrick take the the Dolphins and, and do what he did who would have thought that we would be sitting here in 2021 talking about the Bills are the far and away favorites to win the AFC East again because they have Josh Allen and and he's he's that good and I'm curious what the Buffalo Bills are going to do with his contract here in the next year or two because with Dak Prescott getting 126 million guaranteed. 126 guaranteed for Dak Prescott. Josh Allen, if, if, if this is just my opinion, I would much rather build my team around a quarterback like Josh Allen than Dak Prescott. Just because of what he's done so far in the postseason. I mean, I think postseason record wise, they're about the same. I know Dak has a couple of postseason wins. The Buffalo Bills have, have been you know, in, in the postseason under Josh Allen. So with Josh, with Dak Prescott setting the tone, what's going to happen with a quarterback like Josh Allen and how much are the Buffalo Bills willing to give him moving forward? That's something to keep an eye on. Oh, and yeah, also Lamar Jackson as well with the, with the Baltimore mm -hmm. Ravens. This is a guy who's not only gone to the playoffs, but has won an MVP. Again, another quarterback I'd much rather build my team around than a quarterback like Des Dak Prescott. And with, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, both those guys also haven't had a significant injury like Dak Prescott. So I'm much more willing to give them a lot more money than what the Cowboys gave Dak. For sure, for sure. No, that, that completely makes sense. You know, there, there's, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that we talked about. Russell Wilson possibly getting traded because he is very unhappy in Seattle. Um, you know, you, you move to other guys around the league that could be moving around. Sam Darnold, you just mentioned, might be one of them. Deshaun Watson, is he going to stay in Texas? Uh, with the Houston Texans, or is he going to be on the move? There's a lot of 
there's a lot of moving parts all over the place, and it's going to be very interesting to see what who falls where. Uh, usually we talk about NBA Twitter and the trade deadline and free agency, and it's always explosive. Like there's just always things going on. I feel like this is the first time the NFL is going to get on that level because there's going to be so many moves that teams are going to make to drop players, sign players at cheaper rates. It's going to be a free-for-all at first because a lot of players like uh, – what's his name? Drake Kirkpatrick, right? Cornerback yeah. for the for the Cardinals, he's now a free agent. Talking about, I, I I need to get paid. I need to get what I deserve, Bruh, You're doing this at the wrong time. Like you're not going to get paid big time. Like if you think you're going to get like three or four, uh, you know, year contract and make twenty five, thirty million dollars a year, you're 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 not smoking the right stuff, man. It just ain't going <laughs> to happen. Like for real, you know, a guy like Drake or Patrick would be lucky if he gets a one year deal somewhere. You know, and there's going to be a lot of veterans that need to settle for that one-year deal. Hassan Reddick, you know, they didn't franchise tag him. The Cardinals didn't. He had a great year. He had over 12 – I think he had 12 and a half sacks this season. He had a, a breakout season. Well, he's going to hit this free agency market, and people are going to question, well, that was kind of a one-year wonder thing. You've been there for four years. Why didn't you do this any other year? Or is he going to get paid the kind of money that he thought he was going to get paid beforehand? Or is he going to have to come back, go somewhere on a one-year, two-year – smaller deal to kind of like a prove it contract until the salary cap bumps up and COVID's kind of over. So yeah. there's a lot of moving parts right now on a lot of this diff- on a lot of this stuff. But a lot of moving parts, but you know who's going to be hoisting that Lombardi trophy at the end of the year. It ain't going to be Tom Brady again. And it's going to be Tom Brady, man. It is going to be Mr. Brady. Won his seventh Super Bowl. And he got a nice little contract extension which will carry over until the end of the 2022 season, which is actually great for the Buccaneers because it saves them $19 million against the salary cap this year. Oh, and who do they got to resign? Well, they got to worry about getting Gronk back. They got to worry about mm-hmm. get, getting Ndamukong Sue back. They got to worry about getting uh, Ryan Suckup, Suckup, yeah. Suck the kicker, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, who caught a, a, a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They, Tom Brady wants to get the band back together. And they showed that, yeah, they can win the Super Bowl. They're a talented team. They have the greatest quarterback of all time orchestrating everything. And then they have a young defense littered with stars. Uh, I, I just I see all these moving pieces and I hear everything that you're talking about, Saul. But, man, it's, it's going to be Mr. Brady once again because he's out here playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. No, uh, it's true. It's true. Well, hey, that's another episode of the Total BS podcast. Uh, you can visit my man Justin Sports at Justin E Sports on uh, on the on the Twitter, as some oh, old people like to say on the Twitter. Uh, you, there you go. You can follow me at, at Saul underscore Bookman, and you can follow the Total BS Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it's all at Total BS Pod uh, anywhere you. Um, want to engage in some social media. So uh, we appreciate you all joining us today. Reminder, we will be here. We will be here every weekend uh, filming and we won't be going live anymore. We will be recording these sessions. So these will be um, uh, up on our channels um, at a later time. So, but you can always listen to us on any, any podcast platform um, essentially every Saturday afternoon. So there you go. Uh, For my man, Justin, I'm Saul. We'll see you next time. Peace.